You're listening to Trot the Egging, hosted by John Hetherington, working with Witness Rugby Union Football Club, sponsored by Boydells. Right, mate, so like you've said, you've, your contract's been ripped up with Bradford mutually because of this opportunity that comes along. So did it take much thinking over that three weeks to go and take up a coaching role with Toronto? And what was it about it that, that swayed your mind to go, mate? Yeah, it wasn't an easy decision. But I also, but I knew in my head, realistically, for my progression, but the next part of my journey was longevity-wise was coaching, and then obviously, then you put Toronto in the mix and the whole, the whole saga of what that could have looked like and what it did end up looking like, traveling and the life experience and and basically being a pioneer of it. It was, I was pretty much there from day one to the very last day. So what I experienced in the, the four years at Toronto was was fascinating and incredible. Yeah, both sides of the car in a professional rugby league as well, I suppose, mate. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because yeah, I've had a couple of lads on. So I've had Gaz Wheeler's been on. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, Deco's been on Andy Dixon. So they're oh, like two cool. lads I grew up playing against, really. And uh, I was just, I had them on and wondered, because for a young lad, it's an exciting move, isn't it? And when you're promised the world, I suppose you go over ex- half expecting the world, but to turn out the way it went. How was it for the courts to keep lads' minds on rugby and enjoying themselves when that type of thing's going on? <laughs> yeah, difficult. Yeah. Because <laughs> we, we started our journey from League One. So we, we knew we, the league was easy for us. So yeah. we enjoyed the first year. The second year, we, we, we tamed it down a little bit. But, you know, ultimately the lads are there to play rugby, but also to live the lifestyle of it. So... We had to almost turn a blind eye to some things, knowing that we get get it back <laughs> off from the field. But yeah. it, it was it was a difficult uh, a difficult one to balance. Yeah, and how did you find the city without the sport? So, well, was you living there? Was your mate? And then doing the four the blocks here and then the blocks there. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. basically what we did. We just stayed there for a period of time, different periods each time, and just uh, back and forth in in and out the country. It was. Again, when I look back, it's like it wasn't real, like it didn't happen. Yeah, it was. It was brilliant. It was at one point I was saying to me, "If I'd love to go and live over there at some point, it's, it's incredible. It's such a, a vast city. It's so multicultural. There's, there's so many different things to do. Yeah, it's a brilliant city. Yeah. So does that shock you then that it didn't quite take off the way it could off? Because it sounds like everything's virtually in place. Nothing shocks me in rugby league anymore, mate. I don't think. I suppose, yeah. There's not a lot that could shock me. I'd been at Blackpool where they went into liquidation. I'd been <laughs> yeah. through Bradford who were going through financial difficulties. You know, I've, I've, I've seen always how bad it can look. But when, the, when you have the owners of these rugby clubs and the RFL don't do enough due diligence to find out how financially secure they actually are, you know, I, I don't know the process that they go through yeah. to be accepted and be you know, the given the green light to run a professional rugby club, but ultimately it, it failed and it went wrong and and that's the be all the end of it. I brought a bloke pulled out and couldn't subsidise wages anymore so the club went into liquidation. Yeah, well you said that basically that, that is how it is, isn't it? And lads have, have had to adapt and find a new way of paying bills, I suppose, like yourself. So returning to Lee to coach mate, it Lee seems to be a common drawback for you. So how, how was it going back there and how different is it 
rocking up, getting ready to train and play, to rocking up, getting ready to train and coach and analyse and break break things down. Yeah, and I've always, I've always had this this affiliation with Lee, but it was actually I'm very thankful for for having me back. Like I said, I spent four four years at Toronto working with some very good coaches and some very good assistant coaches. Then I'd gone to having no job. So I'd spoke to John Duffy and Derek Beaumont and they were looking for another assistant. Then I went and interviewed and luckily I got the job. And, and luckily he was in Super League at the time, which is where I wanted to be. Yeah. So yeah, the, the stars almost aligned and I went in there. So I'll always be thankful for giving me the opportunity to get him back into coaching. Yeah, it's just meant to be, mate, yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah. I don't know, maybe. Yeah. But it, I just find it, so the fact you've had to interview when, they, I suppose they should know enough about you. I appreciate you're a new young coach, but four years is still four years and a tricky place to be, isn't it? And on on the, the grand scheme of things, Toronto done pretty well, mate. So to to hear that you had to interview is it, strange. You don't really hear that, do you? Yeah, it goes on a lot more than you think. Yeah, that's what as a fan, I don't think people realise. You think for better use of a phrase, mate, jobs for the boys. A bit like that's how we've been seen for a long time. No, no, there's an interview process, especially when you're, you're staff. It's different for players. Yeah. But with staff, you do, yeah. And plus, obviously, the coach at the time, John Duffy, I didn't know too well. Yeah. John obviously wanted to get a feel for me then. Then, obviously, we, we hit it off quite well and I, I had a good a good working relationship at the time that I worked with him. So, yeah, that goes on probably a lot more than you think. Yeah. So, how, how, does, how did he let an assistant coach go about the business, mate? So, are you, very, are you a very hands-on on the training field court, so you're one that will stand back and nip in and out of a session? No, I've been been very hands-on everywhere I've been. I've been an offence coach, I've been a defence coach, I've been very hands-on. You have to learn your trade early in your first couple of years, so I've seen more sides of the coin, really, and how how it looks and how you earn your stripes, really. Yeah. So, how did you find your spell there then, mate, and what did you enjoy most there? Well, it was a tough year because, you know, we were rushed into Super League and we never really had the squad that we wanted. And I only joined the club late, so you're getting your staff in late. It was all it was all a bit chaotic. And, yeah. You know, we, we were behind the eight ball from the start. Then, obviously, the job the job had come up from, from the coach leaving. Then, just from there, it just... Yeah, it's it's looking back now and reflecting how the season's finished. It's just gone so fast and I learnt so much and... Being an head coach in Super League at 33 years old, it's it's, it's bizarre, isn't it? It's yeah. incredible. It's like you said, though, mate, it's just one big curve, isn't it? You just suck it up, see what comes of it and say what you can from it, I suppose. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, My ambition yeah. is to be a head coach and be a, a successful Super League head coach. So any kind of bit of experience I get in coaching, no matter where it is, I'll always take as much out of it as I can. Yeah. And like you said, you retired pretty early, mate, didn't you, to do the coaching. But at what point in your playing career did you think you could influence a team from off the field as well? It was always tricky because I was never the best player. I always classed myself as being an average player. But what right. I did do is I seen the game a lot quicker than a lot of people is what I always thought. So I could yeah. always see it. I just couldn't do it. It's, That's fair enough, isn't it? Probably the best way I could. Because when things are breaking down, I'm getting so frustrated and when things around me, when I'm seeing it quicker than other people in positions around me, it was so it was it was it was a very very strange situation. But I knew I couldn't do it myself. So, but then when I took when I started coaching very young at Pilts, and I just seen how I could influence and 
and teach people certain things and do things in a different way. I just always knew I had a knack for coaching. Yeah. So, basically, you've, you've virtually always wanted to do it and it resonates with you in some way, doesn't it? Because you, you're able to put across your ideas well enough for people to go out and execute. So, how did the, the Kurt Agatee found it, like, coaching academy thing come about and who did you bounce that idea off and at what level do you feel you hit people best or do you, do you enjoy the young'uns? It's, well, it all come from Wolfpack. So Wolfpack had gone into liquidation yeah. and obviously we, we were self-funded ourselves. We had, we had no jobs, no money. And I spoke to one of my best friends and he said, look, he said, why don't you set up your own little business and get, get kids in and give them an insight of what professional coaching looks like. You're in Sintelians, it's a hotbed for rugby league. Give it a go. So we sat in it and thought, you know what, it's a pretty good idea. I, I had time, so I could yeah. do it. <clears throat> so I put a bit of thought into it and eventually I set it up. I think I went from the first couple of months to having you know, more than 10 kids on the programme, I would say, to I've probably got over 40 now on the programme and it seems to be really taking off. It's still in its infancy yet, so yeah, yeah the business is really taking off. But in regards to the, the question you asked, Obviously, where I want to be is, is coaching up in Super League. <coughs> Excuse me, but I really, really enjoy coaching. The kids have got a young coach on board called Danny Lynch, who's really intelligent rugby coach and he was an intelligent rugby player yeah. who's, who's come in with me and he's been helping me out loads and he's been, we've been bouncing off ideas with each other. And so he runs most of the business for me as well as with me. Yeah. So uh, he, he's been brilliant in, in helping me with the business and helping it grow. Yeah, and like if if people didn't know, mate, you you're coaching Academy Foundation is the Kurt Haggerty Academy. It's on all sorts of social platforms. If people want to have a little look to get the kids involved, mate, you get guest players in, don't you? And the, the pictures aren't like uh, posed. You can clearly see they're enjoying what they're doing. And as much as you want to be a top level coach, mate, one day you might be coaching with or against these kids, mate. Yeah, and that's that's the beauty of sport. Yeah, and that's, that's the incredible part of the journey. I've said this to a few of them, just in jest, and, you know, they're, they're so young, and I keep bringing all, all the Super League players down from different clubs, and, you know, they, they absolutely love it. So just giving them that insight of what it looks like and just giving a bit back. Yeah. You know, it's something that I've really enjoyed doing, and I'm, I'm, it's great to see the kids enjoy it, and because it's in its infancy, I'll literally stand there with an iPhone and just take pictures and videos, so there's, there's no editing, there's no none of the sexy stuff. It's that real, yeah, yeah. It, it, yeah, it's raw, it's real, so it's, yeah, it's great. Yeah, no, good stuff, mate. So, do you want to tell people what media, social media platforms you're on and what the academy are on for them to catch up with? Yeah, so we're on, we're on all three of the platforms. We're on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook. It's Kurt Haggerty Elite Rugby Coaching. And uh, we do it on a Monday evening and a Wednesday evening. Some of the group sessions and some of the the one on one or two to one. So if you're interested in in coming along to a session, that there's no there's no long commitment to it. You can just yeah. turn up to a session and book on as freely as you like. And the beauty is, mate, for as long as probably we've been kids, predominantly Tuesday and Thursday for clubs, isn't it? So you're freeing that up for them as well. You're not holding nobody back. Yeah, there's no impact on none of the amateur teams. Yeah. It? If there's anybody that clashes on that team, you, you, you can pick whatever preference they have. So it's it's whatever they they feel that the children need more of. But the, the kids seem to really enjoy it. A lot of feedback I've had from the Super League players that have come down and said they wish they'd have had something like that when they were younger. 
me yeah. too. If I'd have had a proper professional coach show me what it what it looks like, you know, it's it's I'm sure it can only help him in the in the careers going forward. Definitely, mate. So just got a couple of daft questions for you, dude. So any pre match superstitions? Do you know what? No, I never. I was always, really, I was at the time at Windows where I'd rock up with a carrier bag, just with my boots in, put them on plane and go home. I was never really, <laughs> yeah, I was never really one of them, yeah. to be honest. So, mate, so your favourite away ground to play at? Oh, to play at? I would probably say, I used to like when playing at Warrington, in yeah. the Gallimore Jones, we witness. Yeah. It was always a tough place, an hostile place. I used to enjoy going there. So, how, just before I kick off, sorry, how did you used to find a derby week? You know, especially if you're not from the town. How was it for you? Was it just another game? Because you're quite laid back, aren't you? So, or did you feel the difference in the build-up to a derby? No, I definitely felt the difference. So, you'd go for a coffee and witness and the fans would put it's like, it's like you're saying to Wiggins or your Leeds and your Bradfords. We don't matter. It doesn't matter what happens this year as long as you can go and beat Warrington County. Yeah. So, you, you certainly felt it, mate. Yeah, it was it was a great week. It's always enjoyed the week I... I enjoyed training in and, and the game I played in with in, in the derby. So yeah, it was something that I always enjoyed. It was great. Good stuff, mate. So toughest player you've played with and against. So what I say to people is everyone's idea of tough is different. Certainly, fans from players they don't appreciate what we like. Well, not me. I was I was never a pro, but you can sort of see the tough stuff that fans don't see, can't you? So who do you deem the toughest player you played with and against? Oh, that's a great question. I will, uh, I will probably say maybe see us Oliola when he was at St. Helens. He, yeah. he, he was a freak. He was virtually impossible to stop. He was yeah, yeah extremely difficult. I'd probably say Soliola. Right, mate. So if you've been out and had a few pops with the lads, you're in a pub with karaoke on, mate. The, the mic found its way to you. What, you. what you're singing for the people? Oh, I'll be going to straight to walking in Memphis, Mark Cohen. I've yeah. myself for a good seven out of ten. Few beers in me. You're talking Solid. about. I'm, I'm an eight and a half out of ten. The morning. Yeah. Room. With a finger click and a one-two step, or just a stand and sing. I'm more of a hit roll. So oh, one yeah. hand on the hip, one hand on the microphone. <laughs> I'll just do the odd hit roll. <laughs> Brilliant, mate. So, what do you want to thirteen that you played with or coached? Okay, so I've put this in my notes for you. So I'll no go. Worries. I'll go. Gareth O'Brien, fullback. Yeah. Why is that, mate? Oh, just mega talented, natural yeah. rugby player, tough, skillful. My wingers would be Pat Richards and Junior Sal. Yeah. Centers would be Ricky Latelli and Anthony Gelling. Yeah. My pivots would be Joel Mellor and Johnny Lomax. Yeah. Front row would be Aston Sims, Paul McShane, and Fumi Fumi Moimoi. Yeah. And my two back rows would be Sonny Bill Williams. Gazok and the third team will be John Wilkin. Just a quick reminder that Boydell Sports are our sponsors here at Trot the Egging. So if you go down to their flagship store in West Bank and quote Trot the Egging, you'll get a free stud and a 1% discount. You've been listening to Trot the Egging. Thanks to our sponsors, Boydell Sports. Follow us on Twitter at Trot the Egging and Instagram at Trot underscore the underscore egg underscore in.